Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was their pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So get out your Ouija board. It's time for... I never saw that. Only you can make my heart do stuff. Wow. Only you can make my butt do... I don't think that's how the song goes at all. I didn't know any of the words. No, apparently not. Well, you knew two of them. Only you. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the name of the movie that we're talking about as well. Yes, it is. Marissa Tomei, Robert Downey Jr., and others. Mostly just those. Well, Bonnie Hunt was pretty big in it. He's a big, plays a big Um, character. Yeah, we did this because our last episode, you may recall, was about a movie called Bogus, which was directed by a person called Norman Jewison. Named that even. Who has done lots of different movies. Uh, many of them very good. Not these two, though. And we the dis- two we covered. And we discovered that he had a movie that was another movie that was in our timeline. So we decided we would just stay on that theme for this week and watch Only You. It was kind of a, a dry spell for Norman Jewison. He didn't get any Oscar nods during our time period. Did he not? Well, you were in Montana. Norman Jewison was mailing it in. He made some bad films. Boy, I just, I don't even know... Where to start? Where to start? I mean, this movie starts with a Ouija board. Ouija? Ouija? Ouija. You say Ouija. Like, you really emphasize the G. Luigi board? I've always said Ouija board. Wait, what's the difference between how you're saying it and how I say it? Ouija. Ouija board. Ouija. No, there's no difference, but, like, when you said it at the beginning of this episode, it was like... I'm saying Ouija board. Ouija board. you're saying Ouija board. Ouija board. jumping in there with a board more quickly. Anyway, there is a very, very funny thing about Ouija boards that you should look up on YouTube. Because we'll probably just keep referencing it. It's about people misspelling Ouija board and not knowing what it's called. Yeah, and asking questions on Yahoo Answers. Like, do I make my own Ouija board or do I have to get one from a witch or vegan? (laughs) And then there's a bunch of them that spell it Luigi board. And anyway... It's very good. It's so fucking funny. Way funnier than this movie we watched. Oh, yeah. So it does start with a Ouija board. There's two kids. But before that, even, you see pictures of old married couples during the credit montage when the song Only You is playing. And you hear these kids saying, don't push it, Larry. He's pushing it. Just put it, just put, I don't remember what they say, but was it supposed to be like sexual Possibly? Were we supposed to think it was sexual? I don't know. I thought maybe at first, but it's like children. They're siblings, And so I I just decided no. It got, it was weird. A weird way to open a film. I thought, I just decided to think that no, that isn't, that wasn't. Hmm. Because it would be too weird. Yeah. But yeah, so they're playing with the Ouija board and Larry and Faith, who becomes Marissa Tomei, 
Uh, well, Faith grows up and be, is just still just Faith, but she's played by Marissa Tomei later. I didn't want people to get confused. I didn't want them to think that Marissa Tomei was named Faith as a child. Why don't you go ahead and do this recap part? I really don't want to this well, time. Well, too bad because you won't <laughs> let me speak. I'm sorry, I was you just You volunteered terrifying. yourself. Okay. Faith and Larry are playing Ouija board, as you do, and she asks, who am I going to marry, essentially, as you do. Her one true love, her soulmate, and the Ouija yeah. board spells out Damon Bradley. It's not so much who am I going to marry. It's like she's talking about how everyone has one mm-hmm. soulmate, one true soulmate. And yeah, it spells out a name. This character named Faith. Is, did you just say the name yes, already? Yes, I did. Damon Bradley. Oh, well, okay. This Big char- reveal. This character, <laughs> this character named Faith is really into the idea of destiny and soulmates. So it's really subtle. Not sure if you picked up on that during the movie. So then, uh, while they are still kids, they go to this carnival thing, and she goes to see a fortune teller, and the fortune teller gives her the same name, Damon Mm -hmm. Bradley. And so she thinks, and we are supposed to think, that this is like true destiny, true fate, etc. And then we fast forward. 14 years later. Marissa Tomei is engaged. To be married? Or wait, do we see him propose? No, we see her. She's an English teacher. That's the first time we see her. And she's explaining what destiny is to her students. And she talks about how it's going on a journey. Destino. From the Latin root, destinare. Meaning, to have destination, to journey, to take a trip where the events are totally predetermined. Imagine that. Which kind of lays out the whole plot of the movie. But she is engaged. She tells her friends, who are her friends from childhood, Kate and another woman. So she's engaged to a podiatrist who it's made very clear early on that she's not actually very excited about it. Well, also, when we meet him, he's a douche. He's an asshole. Like, he's just not a dude that anyone should be excited about marrying. Yeah, he's more obsessed with himself, and he's, like, really obsessed with appearances. He makes decisions without telling her. Mm-hmm. They lay it on pretty thick that he's an asshole, which is great because we don't have to see him anymore throughout the whole movie. Right. How cute was Marissa Tomei, though, especially in the beginning? Her hair just looked so cute. Very short hair. So cute. Really made me want to cut so my hair. She's so young. Yeah, this was a while ago. She's very cute. But her character super sucked. Yeah, real bad. Really real bad badly character. sucked. Mm-hmm. And I do have to say, I like Marissa Tomei, and I've liked her in a lot of films. I did not like her her acting in this film. I She struggled. found her hard to watch, and I'm not sure if it was her acting or just that I really despised her character after a while. At first, she's kind of fun and lovable. You know, she's adventurous, and she's spontaneous and just impulsive and, you know, not always making the best decisions and I can appreciate that. But then yeah, just as the film goes on, actually no, it is pretty early. It's pretty early that I started hating her. Yeah. And she's not given a lot to work with. The script isn't great. Yeah. But there are things like later on there's a scene where she stubs her toe and she kind of grimaces, but then she limps in a really weird way that no human has ever limped when they're really injured. <laughs> and she she just couldn't do it. She couldn't pull it off at all. Yeah. I mean, basically, I thought she was adorable f- at first and then 
So we also see her friend from childhood, Katie, is now played by Bonnie Hunt as an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, Kate. Kate. She calls her Katie a few times. Kate is married to Larry. So now Kate and Faith are sisters-in-law. Larry Appleton? Nope. Not Larry Appleton. Balky doesn't make an appearance in this movie, but he would have fit in really well. Mm -hmm. That's how shady this movie was. Bonnie Hunt was great. Bonnie Hunt was great. She's a treasure. Have we uh, talked about my Bonnie Hunt crush before? On this show, not no. at all, no. Because I don't think we've watched any other Bonnie Hunt anything No, I for this show. I really liked Bonnie Hunt as a child. I think the first time I saw her was on David Letterman. Uh-huh. She did she was a guest on David Letterman and he produced a television show she was on that I was really into as a kid. And it was David on, Letterman did? Yeah. Oh. I don't think was it the Bonnie it was Hunt show even Wait, on for a full season. There yes. is a Bonnie Hunt show. Yes, that's it. Um, no, she was a delight in this, and um, I do like her generally. I, you know, what I don't like her in Cars. Yeah, I don't like her as Sally. Yeah, it's weird. Her voice just does not work for me in that role. Mm. But I thought she was great in this, and she also, I mean, you know, they're all young and beautiful, and I can see why you would have a Bonnie Hunt crush. Yeah, she's she was. She almost helps this movie. I was going to say saves, but no, it's nowhere near being saved. But she almost no. helps it. <laughs> it can't even really be helped. Her storyline is much more interesting. Basically, she thinks that Larry owns we a roofing... Not, I'm so sorry, but we have not mentioned that Larry is played by Fisher Stevens. That's true. Who made an appearance in Hackers mm -hmm. As... and was our absolute favorite. What was his name? The Virus? No. No, not the fire. The plague. Yeah. The plague. You hapless techno weenie. <laughs> God. Also let's just talk about let's just talk about hackers. An Indian man. Yeah, in, in short, short circuit. circuit. Yeah, we let's talked about that. Never forget that. Um, I feel like every time we watch something so shitty, I have to say, and I've said it many times, I think I'm going to intentionally say this every time now that we need to apologize to hackers because mm. um that was so early on in this podcast and we laughed at it so much and i'm actually i loved that episode we had so much fun and it got just real weird and silly but we made a lot of fun of that movie and how bad it was uh, i think it was it, deserved it, 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 no no it was it was it was but I also just had no idea. I think that I, <laughs> like, you kind of have to pace yourself. Yeah. And I didn't know. You had no idea I didn't how know bad what was coming. And I'm going to tell you something right now. And I, you should make sure you're sitting. Sit down, Micah. I'm okay. I'm sitting down now. Okay. Listeners, if you're standing, sit down. If you're sitting, stand up. If you're driving, pull over. But if you're right. pulled over, anyway. Our standard disclaimer for shocking news. It's going to be shocking news. After watching this movie, I thought to myself, I almost can't say this out loud. It's a, it's very it's the hardest thing I've ever had to say. This movie rivals The Mask. Wow. For my most hated piece of pop culture wow. we've consumed. I know. And it's not really fair to say that because there are some like Robert Downey Jr.'s, you know, kind of cute in it i guess he's robert downey jr he's like i know but even that even his... that i was like he is very charming yeah and even he was not able to be charming enough to save this but bonnie hunt bonnie hunt's storyline was slightly better 
at least compelling enough that I I think this does edge out the mask. Like it's Mm -hmm. not as bad, but my point is I didn't enjoy it. Let me tell you this too. I went into this planning to enjoy it and, and very determined to enjoy it. I, I tried really hard. I knew it was going to be a silly romantic comedy, but the shit that they did was so over the top. And so it was unrealistic in a way that was so fucking frustrating to watch. Mm-hmm. It was distracting. It wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was played as if this would be a thing that could happen. I guess we need to back up a little bit if we want to talk about the actual plot synopsis. So her fiance, Faith, Marissa Tomei, her fiance is not named Damon Bradley. But she gets a phone call one day from someone who's coming to the wedding who's a friend of her fiance's. And guess what his name is? Damon Bradley. His name is Damon Bradley. And, and he she t- freaks the fuck out. She freaks the fuck out. And uh, he tells her that he's going to Venice. For some reason, he tells her what hotel he's staying at. Mm-hmm. And... After she hangs up the phone, she decides she's going to fly to Venice. Right then. That instant. She's also wearing her wedding dress. Her future mother-in-law's wedding dress that her fiancé said agreed that she would wear without speaking to her. Yeah. So she's uh, yeah. wearing this horrible wedding dress. She doesn't even take it off. She rushes straight to the airport, gets a cab. Yeah. Gets to the airport and gets through security to the Bonnie gate. Bonnie Hunt is with her too, right? No, Bonnie Hunt's not there yet. Oh, she shows up later. She gets to the gate and tells the gate agent, I need to get on that plane. And he's like, you can't just get on the plane. We have rules. Well, I left my boarding pass somewhere. And then when she doesn't find it, because she doesn't have it, she just looks him in the eyes and she says, This is a real emergency. Can you please let me on the plane for just one second? I really need to see somebody on that plane. Sorry, we have very strict rules. (gasps) They are for your own safety. You could affect my life. You could could affect affect my life. That's all she can come up with. She says, you could affect my life. And he calls security because she's obviously a Deranged woman in a wedding dress who ran all the way to the gate. But the best they could come up with was, you could affect my life. That doesn't even make sense. No, I I was appalled at that part because it was this frenzied passion that you know she's in and then that's what she says mm-hmm. like that's what a powerful way to try to convince somebody yeah can we just talk about airport security for a minute though mm-hmm. was there any in the 90s well they did show her going through and they like she set off the metal detector so they used the wand but she's wearing this big dress so the the two security guards are like it's the hoops it's your hoops her earrings you mean the hoops and the dress ah making it all poofy I just feel like, I, I mean, I ask that question sincerely because I don't actually remember. And we talked about this last week, too, I think, because Bogus also has an airport scene. And I really don't remember what airport security was like before September 11th. Mm-hmm. I do remember that we could go to the gate. You used to be able to go. Just anybody and could go to the gate. Anybody could go to any gate. Yeah. You could go to pick somebody up. You could go just to hang up at the hang out at the airport. If you wanted to, yeah. Yeah. But security-wise, I don't remember what it was like at all. It was not like it is now. But you did. You said she went. I, I missed that part of her going through security. I must have been taking notes about something. She was just running through the airport. It was a quick montage of her running through the airport. 
Anyway, so that was ridiculous. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, okay. And I literally thought I'm like, make, I'm like bargaining with myself watching this fucking movie. I was like, okay, well, we just have to get through this part. This is obviously ridiculous. Once they get to Italy, it'll be more entertaining. Like this was just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like just to get them to the next part. Uh, but unfortunately, every single thing that happened in this movie from this point on was equally ridiculous and unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So she calls Bonnie Hunt, and Bonnie Hunt and Siobhan Fallon, who you might know from Saturday Night Live, um, she's one of her grown friends too. Bonnie Hunt shows up with her passport and a bag of clothes and stuff, I guess. She told her to bring her um, sexiest underwear or something. So they come to the airport, and Bonnie Hunt is going to go with her, and they're going to fly to Venice. Bonnie Hunt is Kate. That's her name in the movie. We already talked about So that. maybe we don't have to say Bonnie Hunt every time. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Kate. Kate and Faith head to Venice. And that's it. That wraps it up. Um, they fly <laughs> to Venice and... And we turned the movie off then because we and knew then, it was going to be a show. Yeah. No. So they get to Venice. They go to the hotel that he told them for some reason on the phone where he was staying in Venice because that's important information you give out to every person you're leaving a message with. When it's destiny, you do, Micah. Yeah. And Damon Bradley's already checked out. So they do some sleuthing. Which is weird. Because he checked in like that day. But anyway, they well, never... Well, it takes a long time to get to Venice. So maybe they had to wait. Maybe they had a layover on their flight. We don't know. Anyway. Anyway. He probably he may have spent one night there. Yeah. So they figure out. They go through his garbage. They find out what room he was in. Oh, my God. That's right. They're absolute... They're, they're 100% stalkers. Yeah, yeah, By yeah. the way, like, this Creepy is behavior. not, this is not acceptable behavior <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> but then the dude at the checkout or the check-in desk at the hotel, when they're trying to check in, he's like, oh, great, happy to be here. And they just drop, oh, can you also tell us what room uh, Mr. Bradley's in? And he just says, yeah, no problem. Uh, room 217. Oh, but mm-hmm. he already checked out. Like, no hotel would give out that information to random people. Mm, I think in some places they probably would. If you just drop some name, they wouldn't ask, like, and how do you know them, or... I don't know. It's Europe, man. They just Anything goes. Okay. So the same guy also, Anything they go back and to everything the goes. Because they found a business card. Which is what we saw in the next scene. Oh, I don't remember that. You know what that. I mean? Butt stuff. I think we watched a different movie. You watched <laughs> a movie called Only Butts. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead with the plot okay. synopsis. So they go back to the desk, and this guy somehow... They found a business card. So uh, usually when I'm going somewhere, I throw a business card away. Yeah, just in case somebody wants to track you. The girl of your dreams or whatever. So they go back and this guy calls the business card number for them and finds out that, yeah, Damon Bradley knows somebody that works there in Rome. So they go to Rome. They rent a little Fiat. They run out of gas. There's, you know, more madcap hijinks. They get lost, but they eventually make it to Rome. They get to Rome and they go to the store and they find out that Damon Bradley's going to be at a restaurant that night. So they go to the restaurant. And of course, she can't get through the fucking restaurant to his table before he leaves because there's just a series of people leaving. It's super frustrating and stupid. The reason she can't get there is because she runs into a server and knocks over this big tray of food and everything and then everyone freaks out. A comically large tray. Turns into a... Big scene, just a big to do. It is just or a do. 
I was very frustrated with it. You seem to be on board at this point. I'm not on board. I am just, <laughs> I've, I've come to a very calm sort of Zen place, uh, you know, with this movie because otherwise, if I allow myself to feel the rage that I feel about it, um, I'm afraid that I might destroy myself. All right. So. Wait. Uh, quickly, the other thing that happens, because this is the only part of the movie I gave a shit about, <laughs> yes. was that Bonnie Hunt met a man mm-hmm. also named Giovanni. Yes. Bujo uh, from Desperado. Yeah, he's played by the guy who played Bujo. His name is Joaquin, Joaquin de Almeida. De Almeida. Don't know how to say that for sure. So but... he played a Mexican man in Desperado, and he plays an Italian man in this one, and he is actually Portuguese. Because in American films, as long as you're foreign, you can play any other foreigner. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have an accent? Sweet. Then you can play this person mm-hmm. that's is not American. Is your skin, American. you know, slightly... Darker than like Matt Damon? Cool. I don't know. I don't know. Is Matt Damon like the neutral I, gray of you No, know, he's skin just color? I was trying to think of just like a white person. Mm, okay. Anyway, anyway, he's fantastic in this movie. I loved him. And there's uh, instant chemistry between yeah. Kate and Giovanni. He's the best part of this movie. Well, he and Kate together. Um yeah, so basically he hits on her, on Kate, mm-hmm. and then they leave and then they see each other again, of course, because well, that's Well, because he finds them a place to stay. He gets them a hotel, like a little right. inn. And so they stay there, and he keeps popping back in. That that kind of chemistry that they had instantly mm-hmm. never materializes between Marissa Tomei and anyone else in this film. No, 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 no. Which is not a no. good sign for a romantic comedy it... where they're the leads and Kate and Giovanni are a side story. Yeah, I. it's hard to create romantic or, or it's hard to create, well, yeah, romantic chemistry with a character who is shallow, <sighs> narcissistic. Yeah, I keep trying to think of another word for crazy because crazy, you know, I know that a lot of people feel that it's ableist. I don't particularly love that word, especially because it's often used against women. So I'm going to say hysterical. Would that be better? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm going to say Shrill. that. She is a, um, I'm going to say she's a whack bag. <laughs> that's, she's a whack bag. Um, I'm picturing like a pinata, but just a sack that you whack. Whatever. So she's not really able to to truly connect with other humans because she's a uh, whack bag. She's more in love with destiny. Yeah. Than with actual And herself humans. and the yeah. whole idea of herself being with a perfect person. But here's what I here's what's really annoying is that the Kate and Giovanni story was the most interesting. He's this beautiful, poetic, velvety voiced Italian man treating her like a goddess, which her stupid husband, who, by the way, at one point, he I just need to mention this real quick. Kate's husband calls her doll. Mm hmm. Before they go to Italy and everything. She says, don't call me that. And and what I wrote in my notes was, I hope this guy gets his dick kicked off in this movie. <laughs> she says... And not only did his dick not get kicked no, off... No, it didn't. But he... They end up together, of course. This is what was so annoying, is that Giovanni was this, like, beautiful man, saying all these beautiful things to her, and kind of showing her how she really should be treated, and then 
Um, and maybe he was a player. I Who cares? I knew from the beginning of that, like I predicted from the very moment that they met, that what was going to happen was that she was going to be tempted by this man, but ultimately realize she loves her husband and needs to stay with him. And that's exactly what happened. And he's a piece of shit and I hate it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So to kind of wrap up that storyline and then we can get into Marissa Tomei's madcap adventures in Europe. Um, Kate kind of has a little fling with Giovanni, but they never really consummate anything. And she says, I love my husband. I miss him. And right as Giovanni's leaving near the end of the movie, who shows up in Europe? Larry. Fisher Stevens. Larry tracked her down because she was using the credit card. He shows up and they... And he goes, you hapless techno weenie. (laughs) I wish he had. Oh, man, that would have been so much better than what actually happened. Mm -hmm. They just looked at each other and said they missed each other and then went to lunch and everything was happy after that. They love each other. God. So, Marissa Tomei, let's go back to the dinner where she knocked down the platter of food. Um, Damon Bradley leaves the restaurant, so she runs after him. She's running through the streets of Rome in high heels. She loses a shoe, and she bumps into Oh, right. This was a very Cinderella scene. Yes. All of a sudden. And he yells, attento, attento, and then she keeps running. She comes back to the piazza where Kate is waiting for her, and she didn't find Damon Bradley. But Robert Downey Jr. is there with her shoe. He puts her shoe on her, and he gets a little bit of the story from Kate that they're in town looking for Damon Bradley, this boy, or looking for this boy who she heard the name of from a Ouija board. This boy. And then he says, I'm Damon Bradley. What? And Marissa Tomei faints into his arms. Mm-hmm. And then they have this, basically, Before Sunrise, the film Before Sunrise uh, Happens. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up, because I was thinking a lot about Before Sunrise watching this movie. And what I was thinking is that this movie is very much like it. In other words, this movie is Before Sunrise if Before Sunrise sucked. <laughs> so they spend the night walking around kissing and stuff and talking about how amazing they each are. And then... <laughs> Each individually. I yeah. am amazing. Yes, pretty much. Yes, I am also amazing. And there are some cute little scenes. He buys her a rose and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? At the end of the night, they're laying on the bed together. Things are getting kind of hot and heavy. And she's going to call her fiancé to tell him right she's then, feeling bad know. or something. And he's like, no, no, don't do that. Hold on. Well, actually, I should tell you something. My name's not Damon Bradley. What? And Twist. she kicks him off the bed and off of her into the door and onto the floor. Uh-huh. And it's great. It's great. Yes. Micah loved that part, it I guess. It might have been the best part of the movie. He loves it when Robert Downey Jr. gets kicked. There's another point where Robert Downey Jr. gets elbowed in the face by someone. That was your other favorite part. Also my other favorite part. Also, I'll just bring this up now. There were two moments in the film where I chuckled because of jokes that were made on screen huh. intentionally to make people laugh. And you turned your head and glared at me. <laughs> you were so mad. I do not remember that. That I was laughing at something in this film. Why would I Why would I be mad at you for laughing at something in this well, film? Well, cuz they weren't funny jokes. They were bad jokes and <laughs> so, I was just like it was an so involuntary was like, little what <laughs> are you and doing? And you were like, "No. <laughs> not in this movie." Well, I there was one note that I took while watching this movie. It was toward the end, but it really sums up all of my feelings about it. And I assume this is what I was thinking when I gave you that look. And that is, 
fuck everything. Love is dead. <laughs> so this romantic, lovable, light, no. beautiful comedy story. Take that back. All of it. Take that back. Made you cynical. Fuck everything. <laughs> Love is dead. That is how this movie made me feel. It's awful. And they just keep doing it. Like, let's not spend any more time talking about the fucking plot of this movie. <laughs> Who cares? Well, we need to talk about a few things because yeah, I have some other can... notes I need to talk about. So they fight and he takes off. He comes back the next day and he has a monologue where he tells Kate that it really is destiny because he's not even supposed to be there, blah, blah, blah. But he's in love with her. It's love at first sight. Oh, yeah, they're and he in has love. To. So now he's obsessed with her and he's going to chase her and follow her while she chases Damon Bradley. Let me explain something to you. Okay. Micah. Sit down, everyone. Sit down. Teacher's going to teach us. Sit the fuck down. Love at first sight is not a fucking thing. So we've now gone in this movie from the concept of destiny and one soulmate to another concept that I hate more than a lot of things. And that is the concept wow, of love more than at a lot first of sight. Which does not, that is not love. That is lust. Lust at first sight happens all the time. And I know some of you are shaking your heads at me and thinking, Jen, you cynical asshole. Or Jen, you ignorant slut. But it's not the case that I am those. Okay. So right as Marissa Tomei and Kate are about to leave, they're going to fly home because she got yanked around by this Peter dipshit, Robert Downey Jr., and she didn't find Damon Bradley. She's giving up. She's leaving. He comes to see her. So they start to drive away, and Robert Downey Jr. chases them down and says, I found, I can't even remember his name, Dean Bradley now. Damon. Damon. <laughs> I found Damon Bradley. And so they decide, oh, well, shit, okay, I guess we won't fly home. Oh, yeah. Here's another thing I love about this movie. Uh, anybody can fly anywhere they want at any time they feel like. You can go to the airport and just decide to fly anywhere. Uh, in fact, it seems that you don't even have to buy a ticket. Number two, you can have a ticket to fly internationally and then just decide, no, I'm not going to use that ticket and then decide to just go whenever you feel like it. Yeah. She's an independently wealthy Catholic school teacher. Jen. You can also make decisions about these things without consulting the friend of yours who is there with you. Yeah, at all she's just or giving a shit. Oh, you mean the friend who's actually going through something in her marriage and yeah. is concerned about that, and you haven't she is comforted them. She is concerned about she's that. Very concerned. And <laughs> it's Italian for concerned. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. That's the only. That was the only potentially interesting storyline, and they f fucked it up <laughs> so badly. It went nowhere. But he convinces them to go to Positano, Italy. Did you say Positano? I didn't. I heard pussy. I know you Tano. did. Yeah, but I didn't say that. And But we did get to see a lot of nipples when they went there. Yeah. No pussy, but nipples. Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay. We saw a lot of Bonnie Hunt's and Marissa Tomei's nipples. Cool. No response from Micah. <coughs> I'm just a perv over here, I guess. Well, you, you're not letting me respond. You just keep talking. Yes, there was a lot of nipping. I did. I wrote that down as well. But I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't want to be the creep. So now you did. You write it down like, yes, <laughs> yes. Look at all those nipples. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, Giovanni <laughs> decides to drive them, of course, because why not? I'll just drop everything and well, drive them to Positano. Have you mentioned what kind of car he has? He drives them four people, 
for a three-hour drive <laughs> in a Ferrari Mondial convertible, which I knew instantly because I had that exact same little matchbox car. It's a weird-looking little Ferrari. They weren't super common. Um, it was a four-seater, but that would have been uncomfortable as hell for three hours in the back of a Ferrari Mondial convertible. It's Italy. It's I mean, convertible. It been, it Everybody's fun, happy. But, yeah. So they drive down to Positano. They go to the hotel. And at the front desk, the person tells Marissa Tomei, yeah, Mr. Bradley, once again, just giving out guest information, Mr. Bradley is at the pool and he wears a gold medallion around his neck. So they go out there and she sees this dude on a lounge chair and he has a gold medallion on his neck and he's wearing a little Speedo and he's passed out in the sun and he's not hot. He's a little, well, he's very hot because he's glistening no, in sweat. No, he's not attractive in any sort of, you know, way that this movie would, he's not Right, he's like hairy attractive. and schlubby and laying there kind of askew on this Yeah, and what do you know? Suddenly she's not so excited chair. about destiny. Yeah. Until another dude jumps up out of the water with a golden medallion around his neck. And, and someone, someone says, says, bye, Damon, or something <laughs> like that. And it's Billy Zane. Uh, Damon? Uh-huh. Hey, Damon Bradley? It's me. Beautiful place. Well, you know, it sure is. And it's slow motion as he's getting out of the water. He has, like, long hair and... Curly ringlets. And so then she's happy about Destiny again. And, and believes in it again. And you get reaction shots of all four of our main characters just looking at Damon Bradley and then at each other and just astonished at how hot he is. It's astonishing. Mm-hmm. So yada, yada, yada. They go to, <laughs> they have a night together and it's terrible. He's uh, a douche. Billy Zane's a total douche and an asshole. And, and you dumb. find out that Robert Downey Jr. paid him to act like that so that she would get over this whole Damon Bradley thing. Yes. But then, of course... She finds out another twist, and it's just yeah so predictable. Every single thing in this movie, that <laughs> it almost makes you want to <laughs> do something drastic. You know, like hurt somebody or <laughs> punch yourself in the face. Okay. Just anything to get out of it. Yeah, but we did watch it to the end. We did. So, so once again... She gives up and she's going to go home. She drives off uh, to go back to the airport. Robert Downey Jr. goes off in a separate car to go to the airport. Kate goes out to lunch. We mentioned this. And Larry, her husband, after hearing the whole story, says, I'm Damon Bradley. You're Damon Bradley. No, no. I mean off the Ouija board when we were kids. That Damon yes, Bradley. Yes. I made the whole thing up. I, I was pushing the arrow. I wanted to get to the next question. You're saying you made the whole thing up? Damon Bradley never existed? No, he existed. He was a kid I knew from Little League. He was a real jerk. What about the fortune teller? There's some fortune that tellers. That fat that... gypsy woman? Shh, don't say that. No, I, I slipped her two bucks. She, the whole thing was a joke. Larry, this is bad. You have to tell Faith. No, I am not going to tell Faith. So we know that Damon Bradley doesn't really exist and yet there's this Damon Bradley somewhere in Italy that they've been chasing and who is coming to her wedding but yeah best friends with her fiance and she's never heard of him before um, so they get to the airport and their gates are right next to each other they're in line and they hear Mr. Damon Bradley please come to the information desk Mr. Damon Bradley please come to the information desk so they both sprint through the airport and push people down and run when you say both, Damon you're talking Bradley, about Robert Downey Jr. Peter and Faith. And yeah, Faith and Marissa Tomei and P. 
Peter and Robert Downey Jr. are the same people. Just in case you're keeping track at home or having trouble keeping track. Oh, boy, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They stopped listening to this <laughs> so long ago. Uh, Damon Bradley ends up being some doofy-looking, tall businessman, and he's not interested in their story really at all. Um, but Robert Downey Jr. lays down a guilt trip and says, like, you're a very lucky man. I'm in love with her, but you have the right name, so see you later. And he walks off. And then Marissa Tomei realizes... Oh, he's the one I love, though. I love Peter. Yeah, but can we just also acknowledge the fact that if if this guy, they cast Damon Bradley, the real Damon Bradley, to look like, like he looks kind of like, um, like a preschool art project <laughs> where you take like a hard-boiled egg wow, and you draw a face on it, like a preschooler draws a face on it, and then mm-hmm. you just stick, you know, some little curly hair yeah like top. some ribbon or whatever on or like a hair. thumbprint of a person yeah that's what this guy looks With, like like curly hair he, and a suit he looks like an egg and yeah. so um i think that if they would have cast somebody who looked more like a hot person mm-hmm. stereotypically speaking she would have been all she in would, this is that's the thing if damon bradley would have looked like robert Downey jr or billy zane she would have been she would not have been in love with that's in quotation yeah, marks, y'all. With Robert Downey with Jr. With Robert Downey Jr. I mean, it's so clear and so shallow, this entire thing, that it it it's just... Well, it's not the, like I was convinced that it's real love suddenly because she meets this egg-looking dude and chooses Robert Downey fucking Jr. In the extended director's cut, the Criterion Collection version, which we did not watch, um, Damon Bradley turns around and it's Matt Damon. Very young, sexy Matt Damon. Yeah. And she falls in love with him. And mm-hmm. then it turns out he was also lying about his age. And it goes on another 742 times. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, the film was entitled Hell. Yeah. It's based on Jean-Paul Sartre's play called No Exit. But it's... Which is a play about hell and being stuck in it. But the studio didn't like it. So instead they had this... Um, human potato turn around in a <laughs> yeah, suit. Yeah, potato would have worked too. And then they said, oh, but the two of us are hot. We should be in love. <laughs> that's, it's, that's exactly... I I hate this movie. Uh, I hate this movie so much. So I have two more things that really bugged me. Okay, the movie. cool. Robert Downey Jr. goes off and gets on his plane and flies to Boston. Marissa Tomei realizes she loves him, chases after him, and once again gets to a gate agent. In America, yes. when you tell a gate agent that you could affect my life, they call security. Uh-huh. In Italy, when you tell a gate agent, I need to get on that plane, I don't have a ticket, but my soulmate's on that plane, mm-hmm. they rewrite your ticket mm-hmm. and let you on the plane and then walk you out onto the tarmac and clap. <laughs> and then you get on the plane. <laughs> they and the pilot, Yeah, they all walked out behind her and clapped oh as she got on the plane. They called the pilot to tell so him, much. wait, don't take off. There's a woman here and her soulmate's on the plane and the pilot just started laughing and apparently said, okay, sounds good. Get her on board. So the only open seat on the plane when she gets on there is next to Robert Downey Jr. She gets on, he turns around and sees her and they kiss. And all these people who've been waiting to get on the plane and fly away Mm -hmm, somewhere. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They all applaud. They all applaud, which is not something you do. No. And let me tell you. You would say, sit the fuck down. We have to go. Yeah. Also. I have rarely, there have been very few times that I have applauded (laughs) 
when any two strangers around me <laughs> began making out. Very few times. Well, those and I just don't see like that as a thing that thing. you would want to applaud. But they're not strangers, I guess, if you're at their wedding. They're also not making out usually. Yeah, true. Frankly, like watching people kiss is kind of gross, and I find it uh, it's not a thing I want to applaud. You don't like watching movie kisses movies where they are push different. their faces movies together. Movies are different, but I'm talking about like if you see strangers person. in public, it's not like a thing I want to encourage to keep happening usually. <laughs> Anyway, is there another thing you wanted to mention? There's one more, as if the movie couldn't get any worse. Um, it, the credits start then, and Faith is All You Need by Michael Bolton starts playing. Oh, yeah, Michael Bolton. So It really is the, the, the icing on this piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, just, I hate this movie. And here are my closing thoughts. Fuck everything. Love is dead. The end. Giovanni was cool, though. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't get chosen because that's not how love works in this horridly depressing universe (laughs) that's been created in this movie. Well, that's all I got. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. I I mean, we've spent way more time than we should have talking about this piece of shit. Montana stuff for this week. Did you have any questions that came up watching this? So when you were on... In Montana, I'm assuming that you would have the ability to run away, go to the Missoula airport, and fly directly to Venice. Um, mm-hmm. If yeah. you had been using a Ouija board. Yeah. yeah. Were you guys allowed to use Ouija boards there in if Montana? If I had spelled out the... Yeah. Um, no, we were not. Oh. Uh, we... Well, then it makes the rest of it kind of irrelevant, I guess. Yeah. No, we weren't allowed to use Ouija, Ouija boards. Um they would definitely have been considered a cult or I don't know. Oh, yeah. But you know what's funny is like, now that you mentioned that, I don't remember any games. I don't remember playing any games there. No board games? Except one time on a dad's retreat, which was when three girls had their dads come and we would all go out to a different cabin that was like a mile from the regular ranch area. I remember playing Scattergories there. So they had scattergories. They had scattergories out there. Cabin, a mile away. And possibly other games, I don't remember, but I don't remember playing a single game. That's weird. You were they not allowed because you would have been like making friendships and alliances and mm-hmm. stuff? Probably or? because they're fun and recreational. I don't know. Puzzles? You didn't have any puzzles? No. Either? Not that I remember. That seems weird to me, and I know it's not a typical lodge type like up in the woods in Montana, but that's kind of what I picture. Well, like but it a place also like is. That would have the place looks very much like that. Yes. Puzzles with missing pieces and. Yeah, like the place where we did group, it was called the lounge, but it is like a small lodge. Uh, and it was totally that kind of room. Like there's a, you walk in and there's like a fireplace and then a large like carpeted area where we would sit and do group. We were not allowed to sit against the wall. By the way, we had to sit just cross-legged. We couldn't sit against the wall. Because they didn't want you to relax. You had to be alert and ready to be terrorized. Yeah. There's no, there's just no comfort. Like no, no comfort was given to us. So did you call it the lounge? Yeah, it was called the lounge. Because there were a lot of lounge, like comfortable chairs. No, there were no chairs. Except upstairs. hockey tables. Um, there were computers where we would sit and write our histories, which is a topic we will talk about another time. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it was that kind of place. It looked like that kind of place, but I, 
it's very weird to me. I just, it's weird that we never played any games. I, if I'm wrong, uh, Laurel, uh, hit me up if you remember playing games. I don't, I don't have any memory of it except mm-hmm. that one time. So you were just busy all the time doing chores and other things and chores, uh, exercise, interventions, um, just brutal, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, work. I crew. imagine the computers you mentioned though they had um, the internets for sure. Uh huh. And you did your hacking up there and stuff. I did a lot of hacking up there. Okay. And other internet commerce and stuff, buying buying a lot of materials and goods. Mm, no. Trading stocks. No, I just hack. I was a hacker. Oh, okay. Um, so my you're... hacker name was Fireburn. Fireburn. It's almost as good as Cool Topper. Yeah, Micah's hacker name is Cool Topper because that's what he came up with when I asked him what his hacker name was when we did our hackers episode, and it was a ter- it was terrible. And what you came up with just now was Fireburn. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. A lot more sense than Cool Topper. I guess. What does that even mean, Micah? Yeah, we'll talk more about um, chores and histories and other parts of Montana experiences, uh, but. No Ouija, no Ouija boards. No Ouija boards. And, uh, yeah. I think that about wraps it up for only you. Boy, fuck you, only you. <laughs> so, thanks for listening. As always, um, tell a friend about our show if you like it. Another thing you can do if you like our show is support us on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash I never saw that podcast. Yep, or you can just go to patreon.com and search for I never saw that. Okay, let's wrap it up. Thank you to Graham McRae for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our internet stuff. Thanks to Mines Violet for our music. Until next time. See you in the, the 90s. 90s. What is a Wega board? How do you make a Ouija board? How do you feel about Oji boards? How to Ojo board works? How we can do plan chit without using Ouija board? Is it dangerous to play Oija board? Ouija board? My Ouija board is cussing me out? Is the Ouija board online fake or real? It's the Ouija I real game? How we can able to play Ouija board? Ouija board or whatever? How do I find out if there a ghost in my house without using a weggy board. A wiggy board game? What happens? When I was a kid, I used to mess about with a quiche board. Wa-weg-board. Is that how you spell the evil game thing? Wa-weg-board. Nailed it. Luigi board? The Luigi board? Making a Luigi board? Have you played the Luigi board? Can you burn a Luigi board? What is a Luigi board? My friends did a Luigi board? And it mentioned me? How do Luigi boards work? Are Luigi boards dangerous if you ask something about ghosts? What's up with the Luigi board game? Is it creepy or what? Is it possible to die for playing this game? Ah, oh. Help, Quidja! Do Quidja boards actually works? Ouija! Quidja board experiences? Help pulls! Ouija board! Wega board! Help pulls? Pulls help! Quidja board! Wega board! Pulls help? Help pulls! Quidja board! Wegaborad, helpfuls. How to use wedgie board, and is it real? Do wedgie board really work? And if so, what happened? Where do I obtain a wedgie board? Do I have to make my own wedgie, or can I buy one from a witch or vegan? <laughs> <laughs>